Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 303 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Happy Mother's Day. Yes, I know Cheryl's not listening to this, but uh, hope everybody had a nice Mother's Day. Saw mom, you know, you got to take care of business. And uh, no, I hope everybody had a had an enjoyable weekend. And uh, whether you're listening to this on Sunday or probably back at your back to work on Monday, back to the grind and the commute. Here we go. Got a special guest today. Got Harrison Harper back on the show. Third time hat trick. Of course, Harrison. Uh, you know, he played. He was a Lethbridge Hurricane, Miramichi Timberwolf. Nipson College, he's a college graduate, we got one of them college boys on here. And then of course he turned pro and played in the Southern uh, Pro League with Birmingham and last year with Fayetteville. And uh, yeah, got him back on. Um, for those interested, uh, his first appearance was episode 127. And of course we timelined his whole career and all that sort of jazz. And then um, episode 245, had him back on to discuss his... Uh, his pro season in in Fayetteville and, uh, and and the shenanigans that went on in his East Coast Hockey League call up. <coughs> That's an interesting story, and uh, yeah, and we we go back and forth and text a lot, and uh, and he's uh, he's been busy, you know, uh, working, and he moved back from the Eastern Canada, back in Alberta, back in Calgary, his hometown, and uh, you know, he got the job, and now he's a he's a working stiff like the rest of us now. And, uh, yeah, wanted to catch up with that. And, um, so basically you're going to get folks, you're actually going to get some current hockey talk on here. Um, kind of, well, we do talk about the playoffs a little bit. Um, you know, we also talk about, uh, just kind of like analytics and like kind of going to the dressing room. What do the boys think? And, and I quizzed them on a bunch of stuff and, um, you know, and he also played some senior hockey in Alberta this year with Red Deer, and he talks about that experience. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun talk. I always enjoy talking to Harrison. Um, he actually has his own podcast called The Project. Um, with his return back to Western Canada and getting a new job and blah blah blah, he's been busy, so he really hasn't done any episodes for a while. So, but I know he wants to blow the dust off it and get it going again. So I hope he does. It's a real unique uh, uh, podcast, and the fact that. I was, it's like Seinfeld. It's a show about nothing. Yeah, it's just whatever happens to be, you know, he always finds himself in kind of wacky situations and, uh, you know, and, and he would podcast about them. And I enjoyed them because I just, I like his delivery and he just, and maybe not on purpose, but he does actually crack me up. And, uh, yeah, and I just enjoy yapping with him. And I actually was, um, actually, I think I might have been his last guest on the project. Maybe I was the one that sunk the show. I don't know. He had me on. Oh, that might have been, that might be the reason why he quit. Um, but yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to go back and forth on each other's shows. 
And he's actually doing sales now, and he'll be actually kind of rolling through Saskatoon here in the next little while. So hopefully we can get together and have some beers. And uh, I told him I'll be nice enough to let him buy me a couple beer. So <laughs> we'll see how we'll see. Uh, looking forward to that as well. So, but certainly not the last time I'm going to have him on. I was like. I always enjoy just getting, you always get a different perspective when it's a player, an ex-player. And, um, you know, and they still have contacts within the game. I know he does. He still has got friends that still are playing. And, and uh, you know, when you played in Lethbridge and stuff and you play, I'm sure, and with training and stuff, I'm sure he knows. I didn't break, give me names, you know. But, I mean, I'm sure he goes those guys in the NHL and, you know, playing in the American League and overseas and et cetera. So, and those guys talk and shit and you kind of get the straight scoop from them, right? So, yeah, so I enjoy having them on and, uh, you know, because I always say with people, you know, the mic'd up and all that shit, fans like to think they know, but they don't really know. And uh, as Wood said, they know enough just to be dangerous. Yeah, um, and it gives a lot of people a false sense of uh, they know what's going on. And it's like, no, you don't. So that's why I like having the X players on. But, so I'm not going to talk for very long today because let's get into talking to, Har- talking to Harrison, right? You didn't tune in to listen to me. But uh, obviously, before I do that, got to mention, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Oh, and yeah, and I'm on the original content side myself, Terry Ryan. And yeah, we got a, we got another mud show joining the group here. I don't know if the network's trying to sabotage. I don't know. Are they trying to like cause the stock to go down. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, Alec, the Five for Fighting podcast, has now signed up with the uh, Hockey Podcast Network. So yeah, like I said, a couple. he went from retiring to now all of a sudden he's on a network and he's got merchandise. Yeah, that was a quick turnaround. Old Favreau there. But uh, yeah, he is back at it, and I'm glad he's on the network, and it's going to be fun. And it's also going to kick him in the ass a little bit to get recording a little more, which is, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to it. To, to hear what he's going to have on. And, uh, of course, uh, that's Joe's news. But uh, Joe, Joe Lazito, Coliseum Chronicles, New York Islander podcast, as well as the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. He, he's podcasting everywhere or in nowhere at the same time. It's a real, it's a conundrum. He's an enigma wrapped in a conundrum. I don't know, something like that. But Joel, Joe Lazito, more news coming out on him. Here, I'll tell you. Well, by Cracky. You'll be hearing that name a few more times. Maybe to, I don't know if that's good or bad, you decide. But um, if you happen to be on social media, that's kind of stupid. But if you are, um, oh, and I want to, somebody mentioned it to me again. And I've said this a thousand times on here, but I know you're listening now and whatever. I will say this. Um, If I don't see your post or I don't comment or whatever on social media, it's nothing personal. Um, I'm really trying to enact the don't scroll. Because I just get mad, and then I just get mad at the whole social media thing, which is a cesspool anyway. But I have to be on it to promote the show. So I'm kind of getting in and out, getting out quick. I'm making my hits. I'm hitting and and taking off. Quick hits. So uh, nothing personal if I don't comment on your shit. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know, I think it's for my own mental, mental health, because I'll end up snapping here at some point. I even, I put a couple of things up on Facebook the other day, and it's just... Turns into political idiot show, and it's just like, all right, well, I'll just delete this then. So it's just like, God, you just you have these bozos that just got everything's got to turn into a political something political. So it's like, why, why? It's just nonsense. But anyway, so I had to delete it because it's just I don't care, and I I don't care, and I don't want to read it. So 
yeah, you're out. It was funny. The one guy that was like trolling me in like the hockey fight group ended up trolling me over on my own friggin' Facebook page. It's like, okay, buddy, you're out of here. Just block. You know, you're just, you're a goof. No one wants. To, I didn't want to listen to your shit then. I don't want to listen to. It. I don't want your shit on my page. So beat it. Um, but anyway, if you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Facebook as well as on Twitter. Um, if you happen to be on the YouTube's Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, I have over two thousand videos on my channel. Um, some stuff coming right around the corner. So please subscribe. Um, cause I, yeah, I break it down and look, Oh, people that look at your channel, it's like 98% of the views are like from non-subscribed people. Um, and I appreciate anybody looking at my channel. That's cool. But if you could subscribe and whatever video, if you're watching, if you like it, hit the little thumbs up, you're on the friggin' channel anyway, just hit the thumbs up thing. Cause YouTube's really big into that with, uh, uh, interaction and all that stuff and it, it helps in the algorithm and believe me whatever youtube channel you're watching i mean everyone watching youtube everywhere um subscribe to their channel or like their video that's all you got to do hit the little thumbs up button um I, it sounds goofy i know but believe me it helps it'll help the creator that's your little thing that's your for all their work that they put in for all the work creators put in that could be your thank you to them that's it just don't hit the hit the button that's it and, uh, yeah, and whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, if you could re- uh, rate my show, again, greatly appreciate it because um, it helps in the algorithms. When you listen to a podcast underneath, it'll say similar shows. That's how you get in the similar shows bracket is by the rating. And, again, not just my show, Alex or Joe's show, whatever podcast you listen to, everybody. Like I said, I I think Joe Rogan can manage without the five-star rating. I think he's pretty much got it under wraps. That spit and chiglets, they don't need your rating and your review. Uh, I'm saying it's more for the smaller shows. That's how you can help a small content creator out just by that. That's it. Just hit the stars. Boom. Like I said, you're there anyway. So if you guys could do that, I'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, and look into some sponsorships. If you're going to do some DraftKings, Raycons, if you're going to want some earbuds for work, I've heard they're really good. No bullshit. I wouldn't bullshit you. So uh, my brother says they're fantastic. So um, I've enjoyed them. I'm just, hey, everyone has earbuds these days. I'm trying to save you some money. In the, in the meantime, if you use the promo code THPN, it helps out the network. It helps out all of us. It helps out Alec. It helps out me. Um, yeah. It's the little things. So I hope you guys take I hope you guys take advantage of the uh, of the uh, promo code because hey now, nowadays save fifteen percent hey fifteen percent fifteen percent you know money saved man so I hope you guys look into that I know the ad will be further on into the show and I, every once in a while I know you get the oh yeah, it's all these ads now well you know that's how the network stays going guys I mean what what do you want me to do I mean it's not like you're overrun it's two ads I mean. You know, in an hour and a half, two one-minute ads, eh, you know, come on. It's not that bad. But, um, you know, and it's, <clears throat> I get it, but it's, you know, hey, it's for the it's for the network, and that's how we that's how we stay afloat around here. That's how the lights stay on. So, so please, bear with, and, and, may, and like I said, maybe instead of just getting mad and scrolling past it and whatever, maybe look into the uh, savings, because they are quite good. So I almost, <coughs> I almost coughed there. All right. But anyway, folks, I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. 
I always uh, I always say this, and it's true. I know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcast hockey podcasts that you could tune into. The fact that you tuned into mine, um, it's very I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, and I hope you come back if you're new. If you're here for Harrison and stuff, and, and you're new to the show, uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, I hope you go back in my back catalog. Morasti, McIntyre, uh, Joey Tedarenko, on and on. I uh, got lots of guys on that I've had on the show, as well as my uh, solo episodes and my and when I have fellow fight fans on and uh, and what have you. I mean, we're, we're, there's always some shenanigans going on here at the Fourth Line Voice, and I and I really hope you uh, you tune in and, and, and check them out, and uh, or at least going forward, that'd be really cool. Um, the more the merrier. And if you if you enjoyed the show, please pass on. You guys are the billboard, right? Words of mouth, and this is your guys' show. So um, if you happen to know someone that you think might be into old-time hockey talk and and uh, pass on the fourth-line voice I would uh, to them, that, that'd be really cool. But uh, all right. We should, I got stuff falling here. Holy. Oh, and if you want to get a hold of me, like I said, as the kids say, my DMs are open. And if you're not on social media, um, feel free to email me. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com. That's right, I still have a hotmail account. Well, it's a good account name, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. It's kind of fitting, right? Um, yeah, drop me a line. Uh, good, bad, or otherwise. If you have comments or, uh, show ideas or something I'm doing to piss you off, you gotta let me know. If you wanna come on the show, drop me a line. If say, oh, I have this idea, I think it would be really cool. Hell yeah, I'll have you on. We, uh, we're not picky around here, clearly. <laughs> No, I love to have fellow fight fans on here about your experiences and what got you into it. And, uh, and and if you have an idea, absolutely, I want to hear it. So, for sure, folks. So, let me know. But uh, let's get out of here. Hope everybody had a good Mother's Day. Let's attack the week. I'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Here's my interview with Harrison Harper. Thanks, guys. All right, here we are in the fourth line voice. We've got a returning guest. Third time, hat-trick here. Double H, Harrison Harper. Harrison, what's happening? How are you tonight? Doing very well. It's actually an absolute honor. Uh, can't say it's been my third time on a show before, but uh, always have a good time coming on here, and I really enjoy your show. So an absolute honor as always to come back here on the Fourth Line Voice podcast. Darren, how are you doing tonight? Very good. Look at that. You read that just like I wrote it. I appreciate that. Uh yeah. Well, hey, last time I talked to you, I didn't ask you this when we were off the air. We were kind of doing a little yapping off the air here, but um, last time we talked, of course, you were out in the, out out east in Ontario, and you're you're back home now. You're back in Western Canada. How's how's uh, Alberta been treating you upon your return? Um, it's been very well, honestly. Uh, it was uh, about. 10 years really realistically like I spent uh, some summers through junior hockey and then my first year of university hockey which was 2015-16 I spent the summer there but then until uh, now which was uh, I guess 22 so November 22 I mean it was a good stretch I was gone for a better part of a decade anyway so it was nice to be back and feels really good to be back home in Calgary. It was uh, a long time. Like, I don't know, anyone that's from Canada really understands that it's so hard to travel, like, across the country. It's so expensive to fly domestically. Like, flights are actually absurd. Like, you might as well fly, I mean, to New Zealand or something. 
so I didn't travel back home as much. So now that I'm back home, it's nice to be close to family, be able to go home for dinners and stuff like that, see them all and all the, all the buddies I grew up with. So honestly, just nice to be back out west, back in Alberta, back in Calgary. So yeah, it's it's really good to be honest. Well, that's excellent. Well, and then of course the other thing. Wow, you you did play some senior, but I was gonna say, you know, since you were well, since you were a kid, this is kind of your first year not playing hockey. You know, until the end there, then you started playing with Red Deer. You started playing some senior hockey, but you know what I'm saying. You know, you, you went from last year, of course, uh, for those listening that uh, aren't familiar, you played with uh, Fayetteville in the Southern Pro League. Uh, was your final year and a, and a brief stint in Norfolk. Everybody tune into episode 245 to hear about those shenanigans. We won't get into them in this one, but um, what, what was it like when, you know, when you're, you kind of, when you know in your head at this time of year, I, you know, is when like camp starting and everything else. And here you are, you know, go, going to punch a time clock. What was, uh, how was the, how did you adapt? And uh, what was the, fir- what was the first year of your, the rest of your life, so to speak? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a big transition. I uh, I was ready for it, though, to be truthful. It was um, it was time for me to move on and just, you know, look on to opportunities. But I will be definitely straight with you. Like, when – it wasn't even, like, when camp kind of rolled around. It was more so, like, when the snow started falling and, you know, people are asking you to go skiing and stuff like that. You had the availability to possibly go – it was stuff like that when I was like, Christ, like, you know, it's, it, it was different having the, you know, a schedule that didn't revolve around the game. So yeah, that was definitely different. And then, I mean, in uh, a good way, I had a lot of, uh, you know, I was moving to Calgary, you know, transitioning, trying to find a job. So I was pretty distracted from, you know, just, what I was missing through the game, you know, I was just trying to catch up, get back and get back into the real world. And so, you know, it wasn't that bad, but uh, thankfully, like you said, I ended up playing a little bit of senior hockey, but certainly a change. And I mean, all, all I can say is, you know, you obviously miss the game, but you'll never have that atmosphere where you like wake up every day and you have 20 guys that are on the same schedule as you and you loosely have all the same interests and you get put into a pot and you kind of are all doing the same thing every day. And then, you know, you, you go to work for, you know, at the rink, you know, maybe nine till noon, nine till one, most days, most the game day, get to go home, golf, you know, hang out. So it was a very unique scenario where you just like, you have that camaraderie that, when you're away from that, that's what you miss. I found was just yeah. like having that like high time, like yeah. holy cripes. That was that was the biggest difference for me. But um, you know, it was time for me for sure. But I mean, obviously, nothing will ever place that time playing. Not to give you a long winded answer, but that's kind of where I was at. That's what I missed was just that daily camaraderie with twenty guys on the same schedule every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every guy you talk to has said the same thing, right? Most of the time at the end, it's like, they don't miss the game, they miss the boys. You know, and it's just like, I remember I read a, t- a tweet one time, I remember Bissonette put that up, and he was just like, it was right after he retired, and it was like the next year after he wasn't playing, and he was just like, you know what would be really cool? He goes, if we just went to a rink every day, 
hung out in a locker room in the morning, got changed, just talk about what happened the night before and then go home. You know, he goes, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, because it's like, that's the shit he yeah. missed, right? It wasn't the game. So it was like, you know, I mean, you always miss parts of the game. You know what I'm saying, though, with the whole analogy anyway. But 100%. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, speaking of which, like I said, you were in Fayetteville last year. Did you, uh, Did I know you were busy moving and, you know, getting work going and everything else, but did you pay any attention to the, the Southern Pro League and shit? I mean, obviously, you still know some of the guys there. Did you keep in touch at all, or uh, did you kind of forget about it? No, I actually, like, you know, I got pretty good tabs on it. I'm always uh, a big, uh, you know, I'm always looking online, seeing the stats, seeing the standings. So, kept pretty good tabs, especially on Norfolk and Birmingham, who I played with a little briefly before. And, yeah, so it was an interesting year to see. Um, that thing with that league is it's, it's just, honestly, like, the top 10 like any team that makes the playoffs, they're all they're all pretty evenly matched, and it's just kind of like honestly, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the league has such a turnover. Like a lot of years, like a team that's bad for a year, the next year it could be one of the best teams in the league. There's also the perennial contenders that are usually like pretty strong, but it's it's an intriguing league because anyone that's like realistically lighting it up to a degree isn't playing there and they get called up or they get taken elsewhere. They might light it up for a year and then they get brought elsewhere. But for the most part, it's pretty evenly matched league. Most of the teams are pretty fair. So yeah, I was intrigued this year. Saw that Roanoke ended up pulling it off and over Birmingham, one of my old squads who had a couple of guys I still played with that uh, I, was, I, was, I was sad to see uh, lose a couple of guys that been through a couple finals and, um, yeah, it's a very intriguing league for me, so definitely kept tabs on that. But, uh, yeah, not to give you a long-winded answer again, but what a league, honestly. I love that league. I'm so intrigued by it. Uh, one of the best, and, I mean, the coast is great. Didn't spend much time there, but I have a little soft spot for Spill spending a little bit of time there. Oh, yeah. Well, and like you said, right? Like, I mean, last year Birmingham didn't make the playoffs, and this year they lose in the final. You know, so it's like, like you said, one year, right? So... Anything can happen. Oh, 100%. And, um, honestly, like, I think uh, that league has a, kind of a bad reputation for people that don't know what it is. And I think maybe that uh, I speak for that, especially in Canada. I can't speak for that, how it's, like, reputably known in the, the, uh, the States but or elsewhere, but... When we were growing up, like, I just felt like it was kind of like the SP was looked at as, like, a joke. And, like, we knew about it when, in Canada. Like, you know, you're very aware of everyone wants to play, you know, X amount of whatever. Everyone wants to play pro, you know. So everyone knows about what's going on. Everyone knew. I knew what the SP was when I was, like, 18, 19. And uh, we always looked at it as, like, an apple, you know, not a league you wanted to end up in. And then, you know, like, sure enough, like, the league that, like, I used to think it was a joke, like ended up in. And like that's not trying to be a discredit to myself. I, I, I'm kinda of saying like it's just kind of like you didn't really know. You know, like there's so all I learned when I kinda of came through, like, you know, I never played in the NHL or anything like that, but you know, I got to play a little major junior, played in the CIS, played some junior A in Canada, 
got to play the spill, played like a singular game in the coast. So seen some, seen a lot of different talent and like all I just realized is just so many good players. Yeah. So when I got to go to the spill, a lot of people asked like, you know, what's it like? And I mean, like, you know, you know, comparable skill wise to certain teams, you know, there's, you know, there's teams that are in like the CIS that would beat SPHL teams, I think for sure. But it's different because, you know, in the SPHL, you can fight. There's crowds. There's, uh, you play a 56 game schedule. You play back to backs. You play three game series. You know, you, like that kind of thing. So it's a different environment. It's a different game. It's a different beast. So I don't really, it's hard to compare leagues like that. And I, I, I just say like, you know, every league kind of have its, has its own flavor, so to speak. And they're all kind of, you got to you learn how to play in each one of them. Not to, not to make it sound hilarious, but it's, it's true. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I know I've had a few players on and it's like, you know, and they played in the American league and then they played in the NHL for a while. And it was like, I asked them like, what's the difference between the American league and the NHL? And they're like, well, like the speed's the same. Like everyone's fast. Everyone's tough. You know, that's not the issue. They're like, everything's just a little crisper. You know, you get to the NHL, the pass is on the tape every time. You know, the AHL, they might be out of there. You catch guys out of position lots of times. The NHL, they're not out of position. It's just like, it's shit like that. I think, I think some people get this idea that, oh, they're there because they can't skate. It's like, no, yeah, they can skate. That's not the problem. That's not why they're in the American Hockey League. It's because they can't skate. Like, you know, it's like, and not, there's only so many spots. Like you said, there's good players in every league. Well, there's only so many spots. Mm-hmm. It's a numbers game. 100%. Yeah. It's like guys are in the Southern Pro League. Oh, why? Oh, he can't skate. What the fuck does that mean? He can't. Yeah, of course he can skate. Like, he, like you said, you got you played major junior. You played. There's guys in this league that played major junior, played college. Of course they can skate. But it's, a, it's just the hockey filtering system, right? And it's just, there's only so many places. Yeah, I find it's it's really crazy. Like, even, I mean, modern hockey right now, like, you look at, like, I was watching, I went to a Flames game earlier this year, late in the year, both teams are kind of out of it. Like, you look at, like, I was watching the top line of, like, the top six in, like, Anaheim, like, it's disgusting. Got, like, Zegras, they got, like, you know, Terry, all these guys. They're unbelievable, like, guys that, like, we've all heard of and we all know how talented they are and you know they have like reputations and I'm like this is like the worst this is the worst team of 32 or whatever the fuck it is now what is it 37 NHL teams now (laughs) whatever it is they were the worst team in NHL and and I'm watching them like this team's like gross like I don't think people realize like to be top six to even be on an NHL roster now that's kind of why I don't know, like, obviously fighting's kind of been unfortunately phased out to a degree in the force, in, in, in the sense of, like, the sole role of guys that just are there to tilt and, and bring that uh, that element. But you just look at, like, how talented, like, the top, you don't even want to say top six. It's like, what is it, top, like, top 12? Like, yeah. literally realistically like they're they're unreal like every team has such talent now it's 
it's a totally different game. And it's almost like you watch these games in the playoffs right now. It's like five interchangeable parts. It's almost like every position, like these guys are able to just like switch. And like in the offensive zone, like a D-man can dip down and like forward can cover them. And it's just like, they don't even miss a beat. They can just like interchange and, it's it's fascinating. Like the hockey's pretty, it, it's it's very skilled. I think the development of skill is incredible. We've obviously lost a little bit of that element of, of like the physicality and that edge that I think a lot of people were drawn to the game more so than maybe in a in a degree what's been increased through the level of play in the last ten years post lockout. I'm sure you're going to have an opinion on that. And, and, and I know you do in the sense that, I mean, that's what everyone can say. Like what's, you know, what we, what we lost is, is it worth what we gained through the game in the modern era? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, there's always, you know, there's give and take and it's, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it was funny. Like I, I heard, uh, like Ryan Whitney talking the other day on spit and chiglets and he was talking about the kid, they were talking about the draft or whatever. And he was just saying, you know what, if you have a kid that, you know, because he goes, they, and he said the same thing, they can all skate and they can handle the puck and all that. And he goes, never mind, you know, the big goals. He goes, if you could skate and you're, you know, smart and you're physical, he goes, you're going to make it. Because he goes, no one's physical anymore. If you're physical, it's like you're a unicorn now, you know. And like I was talking to my brother today, and he played junior, he played college and stuff, so it's like, you know, he's a has a valuable opinion. He knows. But, like, it was like he said, he goes, oh, if you're good at face-offs and you're smart in your own end and you you have you can think defensively and you'll be physical, he's like, you're making a million dollars in the NHL for sure. Because he's like, that's those guys are so hard to find now. They're unicorns. Yeah. You know, like we were talking today about Sam Bennett. Look at him. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... All of a sudden, yeah, like you said, like guys are treating him like he's the undertaker now, you know, and it's like, really? Like, come on. But it's true. He's a physical guy, can score a little, but, and he'll fight when he has to and kind of go clearly push people around in the playoffs. And it's just like, yeah, guy's worth his weight in gold. There isn't, and it's, it's funny to say, because I mean, when I, of course, me being old, (laughs) I mean, there, every team had a bunch of Sam Bennett's back in the nineties and eighties, but now it's like, they're rare. They're those physical guys that can, you know, score double digit goals and shit like that. It's yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a different hockey. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. No, no doubt. Like it's, uh, I don't know. You just watch the playoffs. Like you look at a guy like Sam Bennett, like the guy, <laughs> the guy didn't do a one pull up in the combine. Yeah. And this guy being looked at like he is like, I don't know. I'm a huge Leafs fan. I have been my whole life. And I mean, it was fun watching them not get swept. That's for sure. They showed up. They didn't get swept. Like if I'm the Leafs, like shock the world. And I said this to you earlier on a text message before the show. Like I, I, if I'm Kyle Dubas or if I'm Sheldon Keith, I dress a guy. I dress Wayne Simmons. Just send a guy out there and run the goalie. Just do something absurd. Literally, like drive someone, absolutely kill someone. 
And that's not going to be an opinion that's ever going to be heard on Sportsnet or anything like that. But if you literally did that, could you imagine it was just like, what? It would literally be like a what the fuck moment. It would it would turn the series, it would turn the tide. Imagine during that, doing that at home in front of the crowd, an absolute pile driving. A bunch of guys grab someone, just beat the wheels off some people. Like, show some dominance. Show this Toronto crowd, this fan base that's starving, that they aren't going to be pushed around no more. And, like, I, I don't know. If I'm – that's what it takes. It, it would be a – you know, maybe the media would take it and swing in a horrific way, but that's what it would – that would help them win. If they're looking to seriously come back from going down 0-3, now having one win, two like two more to go, they got to seriously get something going. Three more to go. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with the – I mean – yeah, I mean, I you know, I sit here and rant and rave every episode and yell and scream about the Leafs not, you know, well, now and again when I bring up the Leafs, they, like, they just don't show anything. Like, it's just, it, they're in scrums and they just, like, stand, like, Marner just stand there taking punches from Kachuk and Austin Matthews getting, well, he kind of fought back a little bit this year, but normally, you know, getting pushed around, he's smiling in scrums. It's like, what are you doing? Like, somebody... Show something, please, with Toronto. Like, that's a real thing. You're like, you're a Leaf guy. You're an old hockey. Like, goddamn, somebody show something. Like, I don't know. Something. What What I find with, uh, like, Matthews is, um, you know, I watch the games, and I feel like he's definitely one of those guys, like, he's got more pep in his step, as he should, when the puck's on his stick. But when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, I just feel like he's a little uninterested. And then he's a big boy. Yeah, he he's is. He's 6'3", 220. He goes in on the forecheck, and it's like when he, like, he has the chance sometimes because he's a, he's a good skater, and and he knows what he's doing. He can get himself in positions. Like, he could run some guys the fuck over. And, like, if he really wanted to gain some serious respect, especially in the playoffs, Imagine, like, the size he is. Like, it wouldn't take him much. Just fucking finish a check. Yeah. He is so big. And when you watch him finish checks, like, I, you know, I'm again, I'm a Leafs fan. I love him. I think he's a great player. He's a generational talent. But he goes down, and, like, he's a big body. He's got this genetic advantage. And he's, like, he, like, hits. Like, he's, like, trying not to hurt himself. He, like, kind of spins his back. Like, kind of, like, just, like, rolls into them. Like, makes contact to let like maybe get a hit on the stat sheet but like he's not really like letting anyone know he's there like fuck just like or like that Stamkos thing like when he when Stamkos grabbed him like just he's a big boy just like like be present in the moment and just fucking throw some hands back like Stamkos isn't some nail gun no Stamkos I respect like you understand exactly what he was doing someone ran point he comes back He's like, fuck you, you ran point. We're going to just start whacking at Matthew. Stamkos is the guy that realizes that's what needed to happen and did it. And and Matthews can't even respond. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's scary. It's scary, to be honest. Well, here, I'm going to, here, we're, take us into the locker room here. You're, like I said, you, you're a bigger dude. You know, you're a physical guy. You did, you did some fighting back in the old dub days and shit. Was there ever, like, you don't have to throw names out or whatever, but was there ever, like, did you, 
ever play with a guy that was like that? And like you sat around sometimes, you know, your buddy on the team and you're just like this motherfucker, like what a pussy, like somebody say something to this guy. Or did you ever have to go say something to a guy? Like, are you going to like maybe drop the other nut here? Like, are you going to do something? Did you ever have to do shit like that? Did that ever come up? Well, I mean, I never thought, like, to be honest, like, I was never in a position to, like, have the authority to really, like, tell a guy, like, to nut up or like that. So, if I was like that, it was because I had, like, a relationship with a guy friendship-wise. But I definitely, like, even as recently as, like, in the SP, like, I don't really want to name names, but, like, certainly seen guys that, like, you know, they they come out of, uh, you know, university hockey or whatever. And the, a lot of guys, I always said to people, like, you're, a lot of guys come out of university or, like, college. And, like, whatever role you played in university or college, like, that's what you're going to get bred into to play pro hockey. Like, you're not going to, like, branch out of that. So, like, a lot of guys come out, they're, like, a, have a checking role with, like, a good school and college. And they, like, get out of the school and they, like, think they're going to go pro or, you know, if you get in the coast or whatever, wherever they end up, they think they're going to just get out there and just start lighting tits and just fucking being, like, the go-to guy, get some power play. And, you know, maybe some guys do do that. But a lot of the times, guys end up, like, having to play the same role. If it was, like, a PK guy, shutdown guy, sometimes these guys are, like, big boys and they're finding a, a tough transition to like get themselves like into pro hockey. And I don't know. I just seen some big boys that were like, I don't know, like off ice. It's always funny to me. Like, and I'm sure like you've had so many guys in your show. that are like this. Like it's always like the guy, sometimes the guys that are absolute wild on the ice are absolute nails or the nicest guys off the ice. And sometimes the guys that talk like they would be the toughest guys in the world are the guys that do absolutely nothing on the ice, especially if they're, like, big boys. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, funny. Like, I always found sometimes, like, you know, maybe some people could say the same about, like, myself. You know, I was a big guy. I probably could have fought more would have helped myself in my career. But uh, i just seen some guys that just, like, it was just, like, grab someone. Just, like don't even have to, like, really fight. Like, just grab a guy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, show something. Grab a guy and just, like, let him know that you're there. Like, just such a cliche saying, but just, like, not even, like, you don't have to really, like, beat anyone up. Like, it's just, like, showing the boys on your – the 19 other guys in the lineup that, like, hey, like, I'll do anything for this for this squad. Like, that means a lot. And that, that goes a long way. And – it's such a hard thing. And like, I feel like your show is basically based off that element that like people don't really understand like that whole element of hockey. That's what makes hockey so unique. Yeah. And I hate it. And that's a cliche in itself, but it's such a beautiful thing. And it's what, it, it's something that we need to celebrate in hockey. So it doesn't die. So that's why I appreciate you having me on the show. That's why I'll never let this show die myself. Cause you celebrate that modern folklore that this game brings. No, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, well, and there's another thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up with you. On my last episode, I was talking about, uh, well, I was talking about analytics. And it was um, this girl, whatever analytic company she was with, she was on some podcast, but she made a bunch of tweets too. And it was about the Leafs. 
Oh, and she's talking about all the high-scoring chances Matthews has been involved in, more than McDavid and Dreisaitl and all this. And I was saying how it's shit like when people say shit like this, because they hadn't beaten Florida yet. They were down 3 nothing at this point when she's tweeting this. And it was basically like, oh, if you look at the stats, the Leafs should be winning this. Well, they're not, though. So it's like, this is what makes, and this is why some, a lot of people have a trouble with analytics. Because it's like, you can make numbers say anything you want, apparently. Because at the end of the day, they're losing three games to nothing. Well, 3-1 now. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, my point... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was just going to say, my opinion on analytics has always been like... I've always found is when I was playing, again, never played in NHL or anything like that, but I got to play for a while and I tried to simplify the game as much as possible. And analytics, to me, just complicated it. Like, like I don't know, I was playing as late as last year. And, like, to be honest, like, yeah, we were playing in the SP and probably people that do analytics would use that as, like, a argument point. But, like, we weren't, like, looking at Corsi. We weren't looking at, like, you know, we were literally looking at hits plus minus maybe turnovers, like, stuff like that. Like, you know, it was, like, the game is measured by – I saw exactly that post you shared about Matthews. The game is measured by score. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at the Calgary Flames, for example, this year, like, they outshot how many teams. They set a record for, like, outshooting X amount of teams by 10-plus shots and losing that many games. The Flames would cross the blue line and shoot the puck. Yeah. They shoot the puck from 80 feet away, like, with no traffic. Like, all you watch the Flames game, that's what they did. Like, so, analytics, yeah, they measure stuff that doesn't it, – it, It's does it add up? Does it add up to the score of the game? That's all that matters. And, like, to be honest, I don't think – there's such an emotional shift that can be in games. Like, I don't think people realize, like, someone gets hit from behind and you're choked and a guy goes out and beats the fucking piss of the guy that did it, like, you're a little fired up. And, like, yeah, there might be a little bit of an advantage more so than a clean zone entry. Yeah. Like, they don't have a stat to measure that, and they don't bother measuring that because no one – I don't know. It's like it's almost like these people don't watch the game. Well, that's why I was – like, I'm like, who are these people that are, like, like uh, getting these stats? Like, who are the ones that are collecting this data? Like, do they even know what they're collecting? Like, did they ever play? Like, did they do they know what they're doing? Like, or is it just a bunch of, like, nerds? Like, I don't know. Do they know how to apply the stats, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, it's like, like you said. Oh, they led the league in shots. Oh, well, they should have this and all that. Well, yeah, they, they, they came across the blue line and took a slap shot. I mean, easiest save in the world. But, oh, it, but look at all the shots they're generating. It's like, well, okay, but it clearly didn't. Well, I mean, the, the well, you're a fan. Like the Leafs, they're the perfect analytic team. Like their 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 GM, that he's all about analytics and shit. They've talked about this number numerous times. It's like they're an, an analytics team. Well, has it helped them? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, every team does analytics now. It's not like the Leafs are the only team that does numbers. No, they all do. They all have analytic departments and everything. But it's just like, I don't know. To me, you can't. I'm still maybe again maybe I'm just old and whatever, but I to me you I I don't I don't know how you can build a team using numbers. 
That doesn't seem plausible to me. Well, I, I just find hockey is such a confusing game right now when you look at it like you build a team for regular season success. You look at the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, NHL regular season record-breaking I mean, what was it, the record, the point? They got every, I mean, it was, yeah. they just, like, they, they cleaned up. It was an unbelievable regular season performance. They go into the first round. They lose to a team who barely scrapes into the playoffs, I think was 13th in the Eastern Conference in something like January, December area. They made no moves at the deadline. Florida walks in. They're down 3-1. They win three straight against a Boston Bruins team that set NHL records in the regular season, winning the President's Trophy. If you're an NHL team, like, do you want to win the President's Trophy? Like, the difference between regular season success and playoff success is clearly so different. Like, I think, like, if you look at the team like Calgary, I heard them talking about this on Overdrive the other day on TSN. I think a team like Calgary – had they made playoffs, like would have been way harder to deal with than other teams. Like imagine playing a team like Calgary, they had a heavy lineup. Yeah. Like, like they would have been hard to deal with in a seven game series. Like the, I don't know, you know, like it, you look at these teams that have scraped in over the years that have scraped their way to the final. Like, I mean, me being from Calgary, look at the Oh four, Oh three, Oh four flames barely made the playoffs, had no business making the playoffs, dragged that team somehow to the Stanley Cup final game seven, losing. A lot of people would say they won in game six. Kerry Frazier calling off goal, Martin Jones skate off the goal in the crease. But, I mean, you look at teams like that, I mean, there's a couple L.A. teams that barely scraped in and, and scraped their way to cups. It's like, I don't know. You know, you get that extra ingredient. You need that camaraderie. Look at a team like Boston. Like, maybe they didn't have enough adversity throughout the season. They get hit with a 3-1 lead. All of a sudden, the team's barking up their ass. They can't even deal with that. So, it's interesting. Hockey's a weird game. I don't know enough about other sports to comment on how that works, but it seems like hockey, anyone can really win. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Let's face it, with coffee starting at 5 bucks, yes, even without the customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Everywhere you turn, people have earbuds in. And they're always talking about, oh, I lost this one, I lost that one. You wouldn't believe how much it cost me. Well, Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer a buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. 
That's right, guys. Eight hours of playtime on these things. And they actually, with the gel tips, they actually fit into most ears. I know I always have difficulty with that. And they fit into mine perfectly. Um, and the sound, tremendous. So right now, go buy Raycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. Sorry, folks. A little break there for a sec. Um, well, it's funny. Like you said, you, br- you bring up Calgary. Of course, it's all in the news here. I don't know if you're a hockey guy. You know, you know the boys. You know, I'm sure you, you have some, uh, you have maybe, do you have some inside gossip? What's going on? Like, what, what the Sutter deal? Like, do you, like, is it just a couple crybabies or like, do you think Sutter was like legitimately done? And like, what do you figure on that Calgary situation? Well, I heard a lot, or I, I mean, like, I heard a rumor that from a guy I know who apparently knew someone who lived on uh Trey Living Street or something that, um, I guess. Like, Trey Living basically just straight up at his year-end meetings just heard with multiple guys that just, like, Sutter was just, they just, like, weren't down. Like, guys just, like, weren't into it, weren't down to play there if he was still going to be involved and just had a bad experience with him. And, I mean, I understand how that looks bad. I mean, but, I mean, like, a bunch of, it was, it seemingly... Like, the media got a hold of it, too. Like, it wasn't, like, a myth. Like, guys, like, straight up didn't want to play for Sutter is the vibe. And that's the rumors I've heard from people I know who know people around town and stuff. Yeah. Is that it was just unbearable to play with. I think Sutter seems to be, like, a guy that is more suited to be, like, brought into a squad that's already been brought together, had success, shown light. And maybe like Sutter's brought in there to be like the drill sergeant that needed to steer them straight. I don't think he's the guy to be like brought into a process of like adding pieces like Huberto, Uyghur, adding them to his system. Like I don't know. Like he's not his brother, but like I don't remember like what. Remember like back in the day when like the Flames got Jay Bowmeister. Yep. And Brent Sutter was the coach. Like realistically, they kind of put like they kind of ran the same kind of squads and. Maybe this is a bad analogy, but, you know, he brought in Jay Bowmeister and, like, elite talent. I think he was playing for Florida at the time before he came. He's an elite talent. He comes he comes to the Flames and, like, he just, like, he couldn't do anything. He just crossed the red line and dumped it in. I don't know. It's just, like, clearly wasn't working. So, like, I see all these posts online being, like, what a bunch of crybabies, like, you know, your coach is your coach and you got to play for him. And I'm, like, yeah, but like if it's not fucking working, like what the fuck are you like what? You're gonna hold twenty guys hostage to a, a guy they don't want to play for? Like what are you talking about? Are you trying to win hockey games? Like the Flames haven't done shit other than win it. they've gone to the second round since they went to the final in two thousand three. They've gone to the second round two times. Three times, maybe. And they've had some pretty stacked they've like, had some pretty solid teams too. And they've had some good teams, and, like, I don't know, like, I, la- I laughed. I seen a post the other day. It's, like, all these young stars to be excited about in the Pacific Division. I'm, like, who the fuck do the Flames have, realistically? Who's a young star the Flames could be excited about? 
I don't know. I, I, I don't watch this shit, so I'm I'm relying on, on on your expertise here. I don't know. No, I, and then like I'm not even trying to like leave the silence for you to say. It's just like, I mean, the Flames don't really have like, every team in the NHL is a young prospect to be proud of and you know be pumping up. And like, I'm not discrediting guys that are coming up to the Flames system right now, but there's no like breakaway star that like people are like, wow. Yeah. They're bringing in this guy next year. Fuck yeah! Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a wishy-washy franchise, anyways. People aren't that really. I find Flames fans are the biggest bandwagoner fans, anyway. I grew up in this town. Like, people show up when it's playoff time, and and then like right now, the season was bad. They weren't doing that great. Went to a couple Flames games. If you started getting up in the in the upper levels and started cheering "Go Flames, Go," people turn around, rows ahead of you, and look at you like you have three heads. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> people might people might get mad at me for saying that, but like that's the truth in my eyes. I don't know. I grew up here. I've always found that. Like it's a wishy washy fan base with this the flames. Like when the team's doing well, people are always like, Oh Flames games last year, Battle of Alberta, first series against Dallas, like fuck, like best atmosphere you'll ever find in the NHL. I arguably best Best atmosphere in hockey. I mean, and then, like, they weren't doing good this year. It's a fucking library. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's bandwagon, wishy-washy franchise. Like, I don't know. Nothing about the Flames, to be honest. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I was going to ask you. I forgot to ask you this when we were talking about analytics. Um, and I, I mentioned it on the on the show uh, last week when I was talking about the analytics. But it's just like... And I always say the thing with, I don't ever discredit the numbers. There is a place for it. It's another tool to evaluate talent, et cetera. I wouldn't build a team around it and all that shit, but it's, I get that I'm not a complete anti-analytics person. I'm not that ignorant on it. It's like, okay, I get, I get their place, but I, I always say the thing that bothers me with them or more or less the people that you that are that do analytics or the analytic company or whatever the hell the people that do an, the ner, the numbers people they always seem to discredit like you said the locker room and like you always hear about certain guys that they bring him in and it's like oh he's a room guy and then like you say that to a hockey person they're like okay and like yeah that's like a credible thing but you say it and almost like you say it to these analytic guys and they're like oh yeah oh, yeah room guy yeah okay you know, because it's like they don't put any stock into that. What, mm-hmm. as a player, what do you think when you hear that? Like, if someone says he's a room guy to you, like I, I'm assuming you don't fucking snort and laugh and just think, yeah, okay, like th- that's a real thing. No, I I think that's a a real thing, and I mean, to be honest, it could be it could be everything. To a, to a team like uh, there's certain things that I don't think like numbers can really provide value to and that's that's something that provides the magic of sport the magic of like a team environment and I think when people say a room guy like people might snort and laugh like my perfect example is like I don't know if you saw like Chris Neal yeah. his number retired right the Ottawa Senators you know, someone that doesn't really understand the game might look up him analytically and be like, what the fuck? Like, like this guy, what, like, had, like, you know, he, he didn't, like, light the lamp. You know, he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, 
breaking scoring records or anything like that. And then like you'll you'll have like journalists who don't even understand that who have like affable followings like who used to work for like reputable publications. You have, like Ken Campbell. Like remember that fucking idiot. Don't even oh, get me started on that. Guy. I was gonna he's a he actually has a podcast on this fucking network. I was so fucking disgusted when they did that. Oh, I fucking let him have oh he's a clown. But anyway. No, he's an idiot. He's just like he's yeah. just like a he's he's made a career off of uh controversial takes that would get the attention of a hockey fan that was proud of the game. That's how I explain his journalism. It's like so like he he has he had a take and it was on Twitter and it was basically like he pointed out like a player that had X amount of goals in his career with this amount of games and played an average of like two minutes a game in their conference final run in twenty seventeen, which was like the fucking end of his career when he was like 300 years old and didn't mention that. But anyways, like just like undermining this man's career who like clearly like earned the reputation just through being an amazing team player, a fucking absolute nail gun who, if you realistically look at it, if you were going to like sell hockey cards or jerseys like the guys that fight the most are probably in this, the most jerseys like they yeah. sell more than mcdavid they would sell more than fucking if you had george larock that was fighting 30 times a year still in the nhl he'd sell more jerseys than mcdavid he would like and people don't like to admit that like that's just the truth yep and i don't even really know where i was going with that got lost in that tangent but it's just like, I don't think people really realize what people appreciate about the game sometimes. Well, I think people get so wrapped up into numbers and stats and everything. And yeah, and like when, when Ottawa decided to retire Chris Neal's number, oh, the amount of people whining and bitching about it, it's like, it, it, they're not saying, like, they want him in the, it's not the Hall of Fame. It's a team's ring of honor. It's what he meant to the team and the organization. It's like the guy was there for like what, eleven hundred games or something? All with one team. Yeah. He he's still there working for the team. He never left. He lives in Ottawa full time. Like in the summer, he never left. He would stay and do like the ticket drives and shit every year and meet new fans and it's just like and then and then when it came time to play played hurt, fought all the time, stuck up for teammates. You guarantee he was loved in the room. And it's just like, but these numbers geeks just don't get it. They're just like, all right, he's a goon. Leave it to Ottawa. Like, it's just, no, that's not, it has nothing to do with that. But they just don't get it. It's just like, they just think he's an idiot, and then why would you do that? Oh, Ottawa's so desperate to retire a number, I guess they got to do his. Well, I didn't see any of the players tweeting out like that was bullshit. I didn't see Alfredson complaining about it or Chris Phillips or Wade Redden or anything. They weren't saying how stupid it was. It's like they were all right there for it. You know, it's just like, ah, uh, people drive me, hockey fans drive me nuts sometimes. The ignorance. Well, 100%. And, like, I always wonder, like, I only know so much about hockey because that's what I was involved with growing up in the community I, I, I grew up in. And, but like, is, is there like things like this with like other sports that people like think the casual fan just like doesn't comprehend and like pisses them off to this degree? Because 
I just find there's so much disrespect to like a certain line of player that people don't find like like I mean you look at the modern day NHL like you, you can't bring you bring in four lines of guys that do the same thing the bottom two producing at a lower level like, you can't just have four lines that provide the same output like you have to have them all have different roles like the game hasn't changed it's gotten better skill wise but like the keys to success I don't think have changed in regards to winning a Stanley Cup like you look at right now like yes the game is not as crazy it was 20 years ago but teams that are playing nastier and playing harder to play against are the teams that are fucking winning right now yeah it's not a, it's not a secret like, oh. hockey is supposed to be a nasty game and I, I just think like I don't know why we like don't go, I mean in a way like why don't we glorify that Hockey's unique in so many ways. Like I don't know why we don't glorify the uniqueness. How you can tilt, how you can fucking run guys over. How there's no out of bounds. Like I don't know. It's just like so much unique stuff to hockey that they don't emphasize. They don't market. It's just like that's why I feel like you know we got shows like yours right now where like we just romance the past when it was just like I feel like that was when the game had like an appreciation for what it was. Now it's always like what it could be, what it could be. I appreciate games like baseball where they like, you know, they've changed some rules this year, but, you know, to the most part, they've stuck true and just the game has stayed the way it is. And it's like you have to play the game and what the rules are. Well, I always laugh now with hockey. Their big thing is like these young, they, oh, we need to market the stars. We need to market the game better and everything else. And it's like, yeah, but with all your rule changes and everything else that you've done, you've taken the character out of the game. The game had mm-hmm. character in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Go back and look at some of these guys. You don't think Tony Twist was a fucking character? You don't think Terry O'Reilly was a character? Like Eddie Shack and like all these guys? Like, yeah. But it's like you got rid of all those guys, you know? And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, uh, and I think I was going to say, I think with the fans, like going back to the Neil thing and not understanding everything else, I think the problem becomes is if you have so, well, social media has given every idiot, I'm including myself in this, but it's given every idiot a platform. But I think a lot of this, like with technology and every camera angle imaginable and, 24-hour news coverage, so you got to be talking about the team constantly and team podcasts and team YouTube pages and mic'd up videos. I think when people watch all that stuff, I think it gives them a false sense of, like, they think they know. Oh, because you watch the mic'd up, so I, I know what goes on. I, I watch, I, I follow the game. I have the season ticket package, and I watch the mic'd up stuff. It's like, yeah, you don't know. Unless you've been in it and you've been in locker rooms and, like, you don't know. You think you know, but you don't, you know. And it's just like, but it's like they know enough just to be dangerous, as my mom would say, (laughs) you know. But it's just like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me ranting on things, but I I think people get this false sense that they know all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you don't really know anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Until you've played it and you've been in the room and you've been on the bus or on the plane or whatever and traveled and gone through training and done all that shit, it's like, yeah, those are the guys that know. It's like, and like I said with the Neil thing, I can guarantee when they announced that they were going to retire Chris Neal's jersey in the Senator's Ring of Honor, 
all the guys that back in the day that played with him for the 1100 games and all that, I I bet you none of them said, "Oh, that's fucking stupid." Oh no, they were none of them did. Guarantee none of them did. You know, but here we are. The Ken Campbells of the world immediately take to Twitter, and it's the worst thing ever. And it makes the delete. Oh, it just I remember the one guy from the hockey news. Well, this is why the senator's organization never gets taken seriously. It's like really, yeah. Like just oh, you know, <clears throat> okay. Like meanwhile, they have a picture of like Alfredson, Redden, and like Phillips standing there with Chris Neal, big smile on his face with his jersey, and it's just like, and this guy's just shitting all over him. Like, ah, hey, you guys are clowns. It's just like, what are we doing here? Seriously. No, seriously, I, I, I 100% agree. Like, I don't know, it's just it's just foolish, honestly. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out here. Kind yeah. of fired up the playoffs have been kind of, I've been kind of playing out so far. So at least the playoffs, much better product than the regular season. So at least we're in good shape for a month and a half here. Well, this is really weird here on the fourth line voice. We're actually talking about current hockey and exactly what's happening right now. This is like a first. I got to bring you on to the show. This is the first time it's ever kind of really happened. But I got to ask you, <laughs> of course, here we go. Cause I mean, it's obviously the hot topic of the day. For those wondering, uh, Harris and I are recording on uh, Thursday night. Of course, last night, um, was of course the Vegas Edmonton game controversy. Uh, old Petter Angelo there, whatever his name is. With his uh, two-handed chop on old Leon, um, what do you think? What, what about all that that went down? What's what's the Harrison's call on this? I mean, like, I mean, the series is getting a little heated. Like, you saw yep. what happened with King the other night, and then I mean, was this after Nurse beat up that head kid or something? I don't know what happened last night. I wasn't watching the game, but I saw the hack. I mean, it's obviously pretty dirty. It looked like he was chopping wood, but. I just find like why didn't like why don't why doesn't just all bunch everyone else the ice just jump on Pete was it Peter Angelo I like to call him is it Petra Angelo Peter Angelo um, why don't they just jump on why don't, why don't just everyone just jump on him yeah well of all people McDavid's the one that ends up grabbing him you know and it's like yeah I don't yeah no the 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 uh, the nurse fight was after that yeah. I laugh too. Like if you watch the Sports Center today or Sportsnet, every interview is just like you watch every player I saw from Edmonton and then Woodcroft or whatever his name is. Um, they were all like, "That's not a hockey play." Every one of them said the same thing. That was the same keyword. That's not a hockey play. That's not a hockey play. I'm like, "Well, he fucking made a play during the game, and you guys won't shut the fuck up about it during the interview." So it seems to be somewhat of a hockey play. Like it's gotten your attention off focusing on winning. Like, do they not? Like, they they lose that game, didn't they? No, the Oilers won. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, they won. Sorry, yeah, they won last night. Yeah, like I don't know, like they like like that's what they're talking about after the game, though. Is what I'm saying. It's just like I don't know. Like it seems it's done its job, I guess. Like it's dirty, obviously. Don't agree with it, but like that's what they're talking about after the game. I'm like, maybe it's maybe it's its thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, the thing is, I brought it up on Twitter and stuff, and I, you know, I saw a few clips here and there, and it's like, I certainly wasn't watching all the games, so I can't tell you everything that happened, but a few of the things I did see happen, because the one guy did break it down, and it was true, like I said, 
And of course, I got a couple Euler guy, big Euler fans I work with, and of course, they're all just like they're ready to get pitchforks and torches and go look for this guy. But it's like, well, I'm like, I, you can kind of thank Kane for that, because I'm like, Kane actually cross-checked Peter Angelo in like the neck at the end of the period before that, and then hit him from behind too. Like they've been running this Peter Angelo guy apparently for like the whole series. So it's like, okay, so now it's four-one with like two minutes left in the game. You know the guy's pissed off, so now, and of course all the shit that's been going on and the series and everything else, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, here's, because I said, well, that's why, the shit just, I always laugh, these people always act like this shit just falls out of the sky. Oh, there is no reason for that. Oh, you think he just did that out of the blue? Like, no, he, I could, and this guy had like videos leading up to like, well, this is probably what pissed him off the whole time. And then now he took the chance to two-hand. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's probably what happened. This shit just doesn't happen out of the blue. There's a reason for this shit, you know. And uh, and I remember putting that. And somebody says, well, then why didn't he two-hand Kane then if he's so mad at Kane? And it's like, well, two-handing Kane doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's like, well, no, yeah. you two-hand the best player, you know. And it's like, yeah, do it again. I'll do it to McDavid next. I mean... That'll calm everything down. That's why maybe you stop Kane from running people. You tell him that. But I don't know. That's just how I saw it. But, yeah. 100%. Because, I mean, Peter Angelo going and fucking two-handing Kane isn't going to do anything. Because Kane's not going to care. He'll just keep coming after him. It doesn't matter. So that's why you don't do it to him. You just do it to their best player. Or, I guess, their second best player. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Send the message. Yeah. And the message. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Did you ever just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking two. I'm just going to baseball swing this guy. Did you ever do that? Um, I think like, I'm sure I did back in the day, but like. Oh, you had to have chopped a guy in the back of the knees one time. You had to have done it. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Like, I remember being like, I, I just remember like, especially like back in the Western league, like. When I was playing there, like, 10 years ago now, it's not that long ago, but it sounds like a long time ago now. And I guess in the way it was then, it seems like a long time ago. But, like, they were just some – it was hilarious advice you got. Like, I never forget my favorite story I always tell guys. Like, our goalie coach in Lethbridge, I don't know why he was telling me one night, like, he's like, "Um, that goalie's touching touching that white ice. That's not his ice. And, like, he's just, like, looking me in the eyes. He says it. And, like, I'm, like, kind of, like, chocolate. I'm, like, what do you mean? He's, like, not his ice. And, like, he's insinuating, like, run him the fuck over. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and anyways, I just laughed. It was, like, I always remember, like, I I wasn't much of a offensive threat in the Western League. But, like, the only time I got praise was, like, after every whistle, just grab someone. Offside, just go grab someone. Pull them close to you. And, like, didn't really answer your question about just whacking people, but, like, I mean, you just, like, did things like yeah. stupid, like, to stay relevant, really, to let them know you're there. Yeah. But it probably intimidated some guys. Some guys might have probably just laughed at it, but there was probably some that were legitimately, like, oh, fuck. They don't want any part of the, like, just physical thing at all. Oh, for sure. Like, I, and now that you say that, like, I remember playing, like, the Maritime League, and, like, 
fight against Summerside. I don't even remember the guy, but like I remember just like swinging twigs, around, like just doing crazy shit, and like it just used to work back then. And, like, and then like it got to the point where I don't know, like they put in like those fight rules. Remember, like yep. where it was like you only had five fights a year, so that was everyone's excuse. It turned into everyone's excuse. So oh yeah, it's not worth my time. But then, like, that would always be, like, the, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I got fights on my car. You know what I mean? Like, it would be, like, that would be, like, someone would throw that out. You're like, oh, yeah, fuck, we play. We're going to get kicked out of the game. He'd always be, like, that would be, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know. That would always, some people would be, like, taken off. But that would be everyone's excuse, I found. Like, yeah. once it, then, like, past my time in junior, you got kicked right out of the game. So then that was everyone's excuse, too. And, like, I would talk to guys, and then that would be their thing. and be, like. I want to fight you, and they'd be like, "Well, we're gonna get kicked out of the game," and then it was just like, well, "I don't give a fuck." And then it, that would be like, "Okay, like maybe this guy actually wants to punch me in the face." Like it was like that was kind of the atmosphere you had to give it. But like, I mean, times have obviously changed a lot. Like I was listening last year to like they're banning fighting in the Quebec League, and like fuck, like teams were having like ten fights a year total. Yeah, like fighting fighting was already gone. Like, what do you what are you banning it for? Yeah. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, there's this big knack on fighting. I'm like, you guys have already done it. Like, no one fights anymore. Like, I laugh. I heard, I think it was your pod. Listening to one of your pods, maybe, and you were saying last year or something, like how the Saskatoon Blades as a team had 12 fights last year. Yeah. I think it was you. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was doing fight totals a little while ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely you, and that was the number that stuck with me because the Saskatoon Blades as a team had 12 fights last season. And I was laughing, like, I fought a bit when I played in the Western League, but I fought, I think, nine times Yeah, when I was 18, and I was, like, fifth on my team in fights. Yeah. And that's, like, people would laugh when I said nine fights because I'm sure back in the 80s I would have been fucking 17th on my fights on, on the – team with fights with that number so it's just like games obviously change and then like this is push to eliminate fighting i'm like dude fighting's down so much like just like celebrate it when it happens <laughs> like the guys that fight now are pretty willing yeah so that was the thing i always laughed too like once the instigator rule came in it's realistically two willing combatants that agreed to fight, meaning they accepted the consequences that happen for the negatives that can come with a bad fight, or getting their ass fucking kicked. So that was I, I, that was always the argument I thought was never highlighted. It was always it was always people making decisions about the game that never played, or were never actually actively on the ice. Like you never hear guys in the lineup being like, "We got bad fighting." You never hear junior players fighting for the end of fighting in the Quebec League who are on the rosters of the teams currently. You don't hear them begging for fighting to be removed because they're scared. Yeah, well, that's like, like, yeah, that's like when I talked to Alec and we were talking, well, because the Southern Pro League doesn't have any fight limits, or but the East Coast League does. It's like a 10-fight limit. And like I remember Alec and I were talking about I'm like, who thought this was a good idea, though? Like, are any of the players saying, oh, that, that that's a good call? 
Like, no. I, well, I can already answer that's rhetorical. Like, no, they're not. And I'm like, the fans want to see fight. Like, let's be honest. Like, who are we kidding here? I mean, yeah, there's some fans that obviously don't like it and whatever. But let the majority do. The players want it. So why I, I don't understand. Like I said, Alec, I said, if I owned an East Coast League team, I could tell you they'd hate me at the league meetings. Because I'd just be, like, looking around the room. Like, are you guys all, like, what are we doing here? Seriously? It's East Coast League. We're putting or, in a fight rule? Like, what are you, morons? I was so surprised when they did that because I was like, well, like, I don't know, the markets they're in, like, I played in the spill too. Like, they just, that's just like the easiest sell. Like, anyone that doesn't know anything about hockey in these markets, it's like, oh, you can fight in hockey? Okay, cool, that's sweet. Like, are you an enforcer? That yeah. was the first thing everyone asked every player that came down to any team I played on down there. Are you an enforcer? Are you an enforcer? Like, that's what sells. So when they put that 10 fight rule in, I was like, what the f-? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I always laugh, too, like, hockey. Like, they just, like, you watch highlights. Like, they don't show the fights. I'm like, dude, that's like, that's like what differentiates this from like, so many other sports. Like, I'm not selling. That's like, again, like, we obviously, like, we uh, celebrate that part of the game because it's fucking awesome and we love it. That's not the only part of the game. I'm not saying we have to romance that completely, but like it's a unique factor that's not involved in other sports. Let's give it some fucking attention. Oh, like come on, like you walk it like the, I mean, not the the National Lacrosse League is a good example. Not that it's a good example of uh, coming to the forefront as a sport that's been established for years, but like they show highlights of fights and shit like that, right from the NLL and stuff like that. Like, you don't see the NHL doing that. Like, I don't know. It's just, I just find the marketing of the game is, they're looking to grow the game. I'm not saying marketing just the fighting aspect of it, but, like, marketing, like, the uniqueness of the game is what I'm asking for. Yeah. Well, I always found, like, with the East Coast League, it's like, okay, so the guy fights 10 times. Is there that big of a difference if he fights 15 times? Like, is the somehow the game just that much worse because well, of it? Like, you know. No, and then, to be honest, to add on to your point right there, I always laughed at that. I was like, do you really think banning that many, like, you're banning fights like that. Like, the average guy on any team is fighting a couple times a year, handful, five times maybe, you know, that's a great year. But, like, the guys that are fighting the amount that you're banning – are only fighting one another. Like, yeah. They're, they're fighting in a, an upper echelon of guys that, like, are only <laughs> agreeing to fight each other. They're not, like, predatory out in the league beating up fucking, like, 16-year-olds. That's why I always laugh. Like, they're banning this shit. I'm like, this is just, like, absurd. And then, like, the OHL, they have a three-fight limit, but I see, like, guys can get in six fights, like, if they don't initiate it. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just so many discrepancies. Like, it's hard to know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. It's all whatever. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs at DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Yeah, guys, I mean, Edmonton, odds on favorite right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 425 to win the Cup. They have a lot of player props. Who's going to lead this, each series in scoring? Austin Matthews, McDavid, 
Check it out. All the player props are there for the series as well as games. In-game action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. I want to ask you, I, like we were talking about your hockey, um, you did play this year. And, uh, and I kind of, I kind of, well, I kind of mentioned it on the show that, and I had a couple guys on, they talked about senior hockey around here in Saskatchewan, how it was kind of alive and well. And, um, actually some really exciting shit went down in senior hockey and the, the Monday nooner guys are kind of really pushing senior hockey, putting a spotlight on it here in Saskatchewan. Well, you played in, uh, some senior hockey in Alberta in the northern, what is it, the North Central Hockey League with the Red Deer Rustlers. Um, played three regular season games and then what, about 11 in the playoffs or something? Um, how, what, how was your first foray into senior hockey? And, uh, what, what, uh, were you surprised with, uh, how competitive it was? Um, yeah, honestly, like, I was about to play in the uh, the normal, the classic Chinook League, which is the AAA League in Alberta. They had a three-team league going on. And I don't know. I just, like, I was in touch with a couple teams. Honestly, at points, I was in touch with all three of them. I was going to play for either of them. But, like, the, I don't know. It was just, like, a three-team league. Like, I don't know what was going on. So I knew a former roommate of mine was playing up in Red Deer. I got up there. We had a good group of guys. It was actually really fun. Like, I was surprised. Like, our top six, top four D, like, was all guys that played pro. If we, if we would put, like, together our, our full lineup. And everyone, it was actually, like, good hockey. Like, I, I honestly think, like, we would have, like, think we would have pumped junior A teams, I think. Sure. Like, we, we, we were a good squad. And it was fun. Like, I had to former guests of your show like pete vandermeer was on our team yeah we had a couple that we had a bunch of former major junior guys a bunch of guys that played some pro so it was really fun like honestly it was a good league and i was surprised like how physical it was like fuck like i remember my first game like i was laughing like i went dd behind the net and all of a sudden like i just got absolutely fucking leveled playing up in lacombe one night playing against the generals and yeah, I was surprised. Like, guys did take runs at each other. There was guys that would fight. To be honest, my interest level to fight was zero in that league. But, uh, yeah, some guys wanted it. Like, Pete beat the fucking brakes off a couple guys this year. It was, it was fun to watch. And, honestly, it was just like a – like, beer league isn't that fun sometimes, I find. So, it was a perfect level of, like, compete. And, yeah, honestly, it was, it was a good level of hockey. It was fun. Like, we were playing in the playoffs. I only played three regular season games. Funny story. My third regular season game, I drive up there. It's about, I live in Calgary, so Red Deer is like, what, 140 kilometers from Calgary. So let's just say it's an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes till you're up there. And we play in a pen hold, the Rustlers, just south of Red Deer. Go up there, drive up, get there two hours early, you know, hang out with the boys not even stretch a bit, take my twig and hang out. Anyways, get out there. We have a, you know, it's a real legit thing. We've got a full-blown warm-up. They do the anthem and everything. I get out there for my first shift. I join a rush. I'm skating backwards anyways. Guy rips a puck, tipped off the twig, hits me right in the chin. 
and I got opened up for nine stitches right on my chin. And I'd never gotten hit in the face and needed stitches once, like, (laughs) the X X amount of years. Like, I never needed stitches like that. And I kind of always, like, in a weird way, like, cockily bragged about it. I'd always be like, fuck, I'd never get in the face. Like, fuck you. And then, of course, like, I'm playing, like, senior hockey. My first shift. Literally, they drove up to Red Deer. I can't emphasize enough. I was on the ice fighting about seven seconds. Get hit in the face. And the next thing you know, I'm fucking in Innisfil ER, fully dressed without my skates on, wearing my fucking Red Deer Rustlers jersey, sitting in the ER where some guy stitches me up and got a pretty mean scar now on my chin. And it's from senior hockey, so it's pretty good memory every time I look at it. I think of Rustler Hockey and the brand we play. But, yeah, no, honestly, senior was, senior was a good time. It was, it was fun, but I laughed, too. I got more fucking hurt in senior than anything. Then like a week later, I got a I got a gash on my wrist. I got a, someone skate cut me in my wrist. Looks like I was trying to fucking hurt myself. And it's yeah, I, I should have got stitches. It was a gross cut, and I just have this ugly scar now on my forearm. And now that just reminds me too. So I, I got two of the worst scars I ever got playing hockey, and like. 15 games of senior hockey. So, yeah, dangerous game out there. You got to keep your head in the swivel. You never know what's going on out there. Well, the boys better better bring you back next year. You're bleeding for the team, literally. Seriously, I was bleeding for the team. I know I laughed because I, yeah, I played 11 playoff games, but like I missed a couple because of work and stuff. So, like, we were in the final. Like, we, the season in that league was only like 16 games or something. And then, like, they play seven-game series. Like, I was laughing. In the SPHL, we play a 56-game – say we, I don't even play anymore. They play 56-game season in the SPHL, and then it's three-game series, and I believe the final is a five-gamer. The NCHL, Alberta Senior Double-A League, goes 16-game regular season straight to seven-gamers, four series to win the Cup. Hilarious. Hey, you got to earn that thing, man. They're just not going to give that away on a three-game series. Shit. you got to earn it. Fuck no. I laughed, too. and uh, It was a good league. It was fun. Like, a lot of great towns. Like, I laughed first round. We were up in Westlock. Playing the Westlock Warriors. In the second round, we went and played the Camrose Crush. They were owned by, uh, what the fuck's the country singer's name? What's his name? Corblund, I'm not Corblund. He's Canadian, but it's not Corblund. Well, I don't even know. Cord Bamford, I think his name is. That's who it is. Yeah. Cord Bamford owned the team or something. Anyways, they had like really good crowds. We'd go up there. They'd have like two thousand people. It's funny. We beat them in the playoffs. Uh, Pete Vandermeer had a good little clip on YouTube. Him beating the uh, beating the wheels off. Well, you got a lot of heat for that. He was. I, I sent him a text. I said, "Holy shit, you're trending on Twitter." And I, I, he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, for the thing on with you cross-checked a guy or something. And he's like, holy shit, slow hockey day or what? So he kind of laid it off. He said, ah, shit, that guy deserved it. Yeah, they were acting like goofs all series, he said. so. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah I just think it was like kind of blown out of proportion. I wasn't there that game, so I don't really know what happened. Pretty sure it was an old guy I used to play with. So, I don't know, it was just funny, like, the way I saw it on Twitter in the morning, guys were sending me the, the video, and I was like, Jesus, I wasn't even there. Would have been funny to be there in the building, what a, what a show. But, no, I mean, 
senior hockey was it was good. Like it got it got a pretty good little following. Like there was people, a lot of good crowds in Camrose, good crowds in Red Deer, and uh, I mean we were playing up in Westlock. They had a nice little rink too, and it's a fun little league. Like I hear like in Saskatchewan they got a real good like uh, you know senior hockey thing going. I heard they have like a hundred teams or something like that. Crazy. Oh yeah, like, there's uh, like a there's like a million leagues. Yeah, but yeah, and it's gotten yeah, a million leagues. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it's gotten it. It, it maybe because I just had the guy on, and I started, started paying more attention to it. But it seemed like it had a pretty. I mean, they weren't drawing tens of thousands or anything, but I mean, the small town shit. Yeah, they. I mean, the folks were coming out on a Saturday night to see the home team win, and I mean, there was some good hockey. You know, the videos that we up, the boys were tilting and shit. There's some good fights. You know, like yeah, it was uh, good. Like you said, some good players though, like solid hockey. Well, I I always laugh like. People, like, this will never change. Like, you know, we love hockey. We love watching our superstars. We love watching our NHL teams. But there's something about that, like, community vibe where, like, you're watching your small town. You're watching guys playing that are from your community. And you have some weird pride attached to that, watching them play a bunch of guys from another community down the road. And, I mean, I was going to play senior in Ontario, and they had a really good league there, the WOAA. That was double A too. Like they don't go for the Allen Cup, but they got these great leagues like across Canada that do senior and like people get so much more into it. Like I played Miramichi in the Maritime League. We had a good junior A team over there. And they had a really good junior A team over there this year. They brought senior hockey back to that town and like this junior A team I think averages like five hundred to a thousand fans. And then this senior team is getting like three thirty five hundred, three thousand every night. Yeah, it's just all guys playing from the community. So there's something to that. People like watching people that they have a connection with. Absolutely, and like you said, everyone's yeah. still competitive. And like like you said, you got blown up the first. Like guys are finishing checks, and hey, do you want to play fuck around? They'll fight too. I mean, it's it's not like you said, it ain't beer league. Like these guys are playing, it's serious shit. And everyone's got to get up the next day to go to work, but they're still finishing their check. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, I laugh. I laugh. That's where, that's where I always said to people, I laugh. Like, people are like, you want to, you want to tilt? I'm like, bro, like, I'm going to work tomorrow. Like, run me over whatever you want. I'm not tilting tonight. Like, I don't know if that's soft in the senior world. Like, maybe, maybe you guys got to really piss me off, get me shedding my shit in the senior world, but... The guys that do, I, I respect it. I think it's hilarious. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Well, I know we're going to wrap this up because you got to get going, but i got to ask you one more thing because I know you're a fan of it, and you and I have talked about it, and I was keeping you updated. Ice Wars. And, uh, of course, Ice Wars 3 is coming, and I sent you a text today. I was bugging you. I said, we got to get you doing some road work. we got to get Harrison Harper signed up for the heavyweight tournament at Ice Wars 3. I think you got to give somebody that Calgary handshake. I think you dropped that guy last year. You look pretty good. I think you could do that this year in Ice Wars. No, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm cut out for the Ice Wars three, but I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I hope there's an Ice Wars. You know, I was looking forward to the one that was in in Wyoming. I don't know where the next one's going to be. If it's going to be back there, but yeah, no. I think I could throw, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to sign up for Ice Wars. Those boys, those boys are a different breed. It seems like I like that they. It seems like they've kind of got like some return guys. So we're kind of creating like a little bit of like a. I don't know. It's kind of like a. 
tour. I don't even know how to explain it. It's I, I think Ice Wars should just focus on like catering to its niche. That has a market of people that want to watch it. And I mean, I never paid pay per view for anything in my life. I bought Ice Force. <laughs> yeah, you did. So yeah, I was, I'm a hard sell for that stuff, and they got me. So I, 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 I can't wait for it. I, I, I think it's the fact it's a heavyweight journey, unbelievable. And um, yeah, I'd sign up. But uh, maybe if there's like a entry level attorney where you can just sign up after you've had too many beers in the <laughs> in the crowd one year, that maybe I'll sign up for that. But I don't know if I'm going to train for it. Well, so we got July 15th, Ice Wars 3 in Wyoming. Hopefully, Ice Wars 4 is back in Edmonton. That'd be pretty sweet. You got to come to that. If it's in Edmonton, you got to show up. I'll 100% be there if it's in Edmonton. And uh, we will attend that together. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know you got to roll here. But I thank you for coming on the show. We got to do this again soon. I enjoyed having you on and discussing the 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 topics of the day. Are you uh, has the project been retired or are you going to get back into it or what? As car as I was glad you had me on. Hope I uh, hope I was a good guest for you this episode. But uh, I want to get the project going again, and I'll have to get you back on to uh, get me going. Give me these uh, podcast juices going again. Well, there we go. All right, man. I'll let you go, but thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it, and I'll uh, I'll text you down the road. Hey, you're the man. Thank you so much, and I'll, I'll come on anytime. Thanks, Harrison. Appreciate it. Have a good night. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 